This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Today I wanted to speak about somebody who we're very familiar with but know very little about, and that's the Ran. Um, the, um, first of all, like always, where do we get the information from? So, the truth is, there is not much information. The one who, um, who wrote up as much as possible of what we have, it was somebody called um, uh, Feldman, Arya Feldman, and he was an American Rav who put out uh, different Maduras of Chuvas around, Joshua's around, Pirish around, Alatera, and in the Akdama he brings as much material as he could on the run. And pretty much that's what there is, a little bit more here, there, or somewhere else, but that's w- what we have. The, um, the, the, what, what we have from the run from contemporaries, actually not much in his form biographical material, but quite a lot in his Talmud Rivash. So a lot of the things we have are written in the Chuvas Rivash, one place or another, and that's where all the information comes from. So first, let's sketch out a little bit where the Ran, where he is, and so on. The Ran was Rabbi Nisim ben Girona, ben Ruvain, from Girona, um, Spain. He was born approximately um, twelve ninety and was Nifta approximately 1380. The, um, the, the, you know, the, the dating is always based on you know, the earliest things we have from him and who he could have learned by and so on and so forth. And then when people start mentioning him, him as, as being dead, and that's pretty much, those are the, the range that they come with a few years this way, a few years that way. If he was born in 1290, it means he still overlapped a little bit with the Rashba, with the Rosh, with the Tur, um, the Miri, Dralbag. Those, around, in the year 1300, all of them were alive. We don't know who the Rans Rebbeim were. We assume that he looked by his father, he quotes his father as Maria Virebi, and so on. Well, you know, always not clear. But we don't have a clear indication of who his rebbeim were. We do know the Magid Mishnah was a chaver of his. They they were they were contemporaries and sort of uh, you know we know that they knew each other and spoke of each other. And his talmidim actually were the ones where we have a, whatever we have we have from them. His talmidim left over was. Um, Rev Chastoy Kreskis, who wrote a philosophical world work called Oyer Hashem, um, and his most famous Talmud is the Rivosh, who was uh, a giant. The door afterwards has he wrote a lot of Chuvas Rivosh, and from those Chuvas he occasionally mentions things about his Rebbe, and that's where we have um, most of our material from. We don't know much more than that. The um, uh, the one more Talmud he has, the Mukhi Yosef, who filled in on some excerpts he didn't write. He did leave over. It's not clear if he ever had a Rabbanis or really was a Rav, 
but it was clear that he was the God Lador. It's clear from the deference that they had to him and the fact that him and, and a colleague of his kidnapped to go through them. And the Rivot writes about him, we'll see in a second what he writes about him, that he was considered the God Lador Beshaitoy. He wrote Chidushim on many Mesechtis. The Chidushim aren't the flavor of that Spanish Kufa, the flavor of the Ramban, the Rashbo, the Ra'o. Iran fits in quite well. Anybody who's had any experience, it's, it's part of that same type of style of, of learning. He wrote a Pirush on the Rif. Now, the Pirush on the Rif is very interesting because it's not a Pirush on the Rif as much as it's bringing in um, parallel and adjunct halachic discussions. It seems that he understood that the Rif would become the Sefer Apsak. He also felt that the Rif being a Dasichida was going to, it needed to be fleshed out. And basically in places that he feels are halachic topics, he brings in the Shittas of Rishainim, argues, discusses, and, and so on. It almost appears as if he tried to make like the basis around the tour, he made this around the riff. In the places where the ran where, where the ran doesn't have anything in particular to say to be mefalpal, he usually brings Rashi um, as the running peers on the riff. So I, I, there basically seems to be a sense that he was taking the riff as the next Shoharuch. Um, writing on the side the running Pirush taken from Rashi and being with Falpel and Meirich in places that he felt um, there was more to be fleshed out than not just the riff, uh, not, not only the riff's uh, points. Uh, it's, it, it's not even a Pirush, it's more, I would say, a Hashlom to the riff than a Pirush to the riff. The, um, the, the, uh, it, it, it um, it's, he doesn't. He places with the Rifish fair a lot of times. He'll write about it. Sometimes not, which is very interesting. The places, the Mesechtes that we don't have the run on the on the Rif. We have Nuka Yosef, who was a Talmud of his, and wrote in a very similar style of sort of a compendium of of Shittas and so on. I once heard from um, my late cousin Rabbi Falsch He said, if you want to learn a Mesechta. Um, quickly be in. In other words, you want to get the main points of Rishonim. If you learn the Rush, the Rif, and the Ran, you have the basic sheetas that are around. You know the basic sheetas. They they basically will present the the, the 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 important points. Remember, and if you if you learn it that way, you pretty much have the most important things in the Masechta. But that's the Ran in his Pirush on the Rif. We have Chuvis from the Ran, and. It's a little bit puzzling why so few chuvas. Um, we have less than 100 chuvas at Iran. The, um, to compare it to the Rajba, where we have thousands of chuvas in the Rajba that are published. Compared to Rivash, we have a yam of, of chuvas in Rivash. The Ran, who seem to have that same standing, we don't have many chuvas. There are different suggestions as to why not. But al Kapanim, it's it's it, it is. We don't have many truvis of it. 
We have two Sfarim that are interesting Sfarim in the world of Agadita. We have something called Drushes Haran, about a dozen or 13 Drushes, and we have a Pirush on Chumish that goes up to Chayesara. It seems as if he was nifted because it, it's not as if we're missing in, in um, Kisuyadus. Anything they found ever was told Chayesara, and anyone mentions the, the, the earlier, you know, Rishonin that mentioned the Rans Pirush, you know, that he wrote in Tulchai Yisara. So it seemed to have been Tulchai Yisara. It's hard to believe that he set out to write just Tulchai Yisara. It obviously must have been Nifta. That's the only, that's the most logical explanation. Joshua Saran is a very interesting Sefer. It's, um, today anything that has hard words is called philosophical. It's, it's, um, it's not. It, 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 he does not have the devotion to philosophy or philosophers that somebody like Ralph Bag has or others like that. He, he's against it. He he was from the from the from the people that were not for it. He also stays away from Kabbalah, and he writes in a place that the Ramban was to care himself too much on the Kabbalah. Um, I, I don't know if the implication is. He, he, he was into it too much, the Pirush is too much, but Kapan, he didn't like it. His Pirushim is, is, is the Drushes Aran. Each Drushes Aran deals with a certain with a certain idea, with a certain concept. Not different than the Akeda in some ways. I mean, not Mayrak Akeda, a different style. But the, the, the type of concepts that you would come out with are um, weighty, um, rational type concepts without the, the, the philosophical, without bringing in a slew of concepts of Tzura and Chayma and so on and so forth, they really have no relevance. They're not, they're, you know, not, none of that type of, of, of language. I'm going to speak um, afterwards, I'm going to say over two fascinating points from Joshua Saran, but I, I want to speak more about his Rabbanis first, then we'll come back to Josharan and the and this Pirush Alter. The Pirush Alter and Josharan are very similar, and you know, whenever you have a subject, one safer, if if it came from the Ran, it wasn't clear. Some people said Josharan came from somebody else. And Lemaisa, his Pirush and and, and and his Drushes are very, very you know, there are a lot of similar points, enough to be to make it clear that's the same Machab, but that's the that's the Ran. So he wrote a yam, an incredible amount, and I'd like to first point out from his Talmud de Rivash a description of his Rebbe. Um, this is in a tshuva, and it is a tshuva shin ayin hey, where somebody tries to argue with him, and he says, I learned from giants, the Rivash says, meaning the Ran, he mentions him, he says, it's not because they could be ma'ayin and toises, they knew mesechta too. Avol, um, you can ask him anywhere. And they can tell the back of your alpeh, in other words, anything you can ask him anywhere in Shas, he'll tell you the Gemara with most of the Taisvis Balpeh. He says, and all the dinim they would bring to him, 
all of the Chashat HaMechamim would come before him and defer to him. One from when he left the world, the world has become empty and orphaned. That's how he writes about him. He writes about him in another place, Ruach HaPeinam Sheikh Hashem. He writes about him that all the Chachamim were Keklipas Hashum and Kegagre Sumsum Keneged Rabbeinu. That is um, the, the um, Harocha that Rivosh had to the Ram. Well, incredible. Um, however, having such great Harocha doesn't mean that your life is easy. The um, the the Ran, first of all, was put in jail together with the Rivash and Reb Chastoy Kreskes and a few others in a parasha in a difficult parasha. We don't know exactly what it is, but first I'll read from the Rivash um, what he writes about it, and he says um, like this. This is in Shuvah's um, Shinai Vav. He says, he, he, somebody wrote him a letter, very annoyed with the fact that he hadn't answered him a previous letter. You told me that I owe you this, uh, a response immediately, and I shouldn't, and I shouldn't, uh, hesitate, you know, I, I shouldn't wait to answer, delay the answer. So he says, um, Ashiv, uh, ashiv, it says because it's very simple stuff. No reason why you can't answer it. Ashivcha, ata yoyishiv aholim. You're sitting um, in a nice house. Malachcha nasa deacherim. Other people are taking care of your needs. Ve'ein machrid umatrid, and nobody's bothering you. Vani derech eretz al tzavari. First of all, I have a lot of practical issues I need to take care of. Mitsurif Kizakorov Lehadoshim. It's been five months. Koma Noshim Bnebliyal Mikirbenu. Some terrible Jews got up, got Velilu Harav Hagodal Rabinanisim Natriachmana. They 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 were Moitsia an Alila, a libel on Rabinanisim, Vishishan Echbodim Nakol, Ubasoicham Achocham Dan Chastoi Natrachmana Vani. We were put in jail. And we're still out on bail for, for, for something, for nothing that we did wrong. Hashem paid back the people that did this to us. I've been able to learn since then. So Duran and his Talmudim were in jail. He, so there's one theory, it's not clear at all for what reason. There's one story that happened that um, would make sense, it just the type of thing, but for two reasons it, it doesn't seem that that's it. There was one of the many, many Alilas, but this one was more famous, they jailed and, they, and so on, was they accused somebody of stealing one of the Christian silver 
and something or others from the altar with a host and selling it to a Jew and, and so on. There was a libel and therefore they threw everybody into jail, they tortured them. The years don't seem to be right from that story and also um, he says over here that Jews are responsible and somebody was Motsi Alila on them. So it doesn't seem that that's the story. Even though some people ascribe that story to it, it's just we know the story. We know we're in jail. We know of, of a story of an event like that. So we put two and together. But just there, there are diff- too many different things that don't match up. It does seem that he had a way of getting people angry with him in the Kehillah. Most of the shilas that we do have, the shilas that we have in in the Chuvis, a lot of them deal with Kehillah. Um, every Kehillah was run by a vad. They would collect taxes, they would give them out. There was a lot of issues with that. They, the, the Jews had an internal autonomy. And it, people feel that that seems the most reasonable area where people wanted some revenge. There's another letter from the Rivash that he writes to somebody, which indicates that the, the, the Ran's life was not easy with his uh, Balbatim. He says... Um, he, he, the reverse response to somebody. This is a ratio test. He says, um, what you told me is right, and the things that those people have done are, um, are uh, not right, terrible, and it is appropriate to come out against them. But, he says, I have some good advice for you. You need to get some people on your side. And he says... Because if you don't have people that will back you and help you, you're going to just end up in trouble. And he says, I remember in Barcelona, my Rebbe Reb Nisim, who's the Ran, so um, if he wanted to do anything, if he wanted to people on his own, um, then then some of the Ktsas Mashir call. So some of the wealthy people community would get upset with him, and they would negate his uh, whatever it was that he came out against. Despite the fact that some of the, of the community liked him and were friends with his, um, it's, 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 and, and despite the fact that even Goyim appreciated him, still the wealthy people in the community were able to stand up against him and to block whatever it is they wanted to do. And therefore, until you don't form a big enough coalition with the wealthy important people, I advise you not to do it. So the Rosh gives us a picture, and this is he's speaking about general situation where um, the, 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 the Balabatim were, were not happy with what he wanted to do, and they would block it. Uh, I think it, it's a little um, hard to believe, but it's not. That was the Metzias. People did not like very much what Rabbanim wanted from them, and they came out against them. That, so so um, it, it seems that that's a type of thing that was prevalent enough that probably some Balabatim got too upset at the Tirchov every time having to block him, that they try to get him arrested, just them, and you know, so they won't have to be bothered each time to, to do something about it. That seems to be a more reasonable um, Indian, because he's, it's very clear that he's cursing 
the, the Jews. He's, he's saying, you know, of so forth. Those are some of the Kehillah stuff that we have. Um, I, I went through some of the Chuvis. There's another interesting thing that seemed to have been very prevalent. Um, you know, you have a few Chuvis along the following lines. Somebody swore with a Shvur Hamura he's not going to, to divorce his wife ever and ever. And he swore this, and he swore that, and he swore this. And then he would change his mind. And if, he's, if, if they can't find a way to undo the Shvur, he's just going to leave her without giving her a get, and so on and so forth. Very fascinating. That seemed to be in a few places where people would, would actually swear, um, give it Kiskaf and a Shvur Hamura, they would do X, Y, or Z, and so on. That's, that's one thing that kind of I. I I'd sown a few tubas. I want to go to two things in the Drushas Haran that are interesting. Um, one is an interesting concept, and the other one is just, uh, it's on this week's parashan, B'Shalach, I thought I would share it. But let's first see the one that has just interesting aside. The um, Duran speaks in his, I think it's the 10th Drusha, about what is the job of a Melech in Klal Yisrael? Where's the Sanhedrin? Where's the Bezdin? And so on. So the Ran says, very important, Yisod. He says, you, basically, he says, you, the, you can't, the Chiyuve Mishpat that the Torah gave us are important mitzvahs, but there's a lot missing that the Torah is not Messiahs to that is more ad hoc and you need to fill it in that way so um, you, you, you recognize that people are stealing too rapidly so you need to impose maybe Malchus for stealing people are doing X, Y or Z so in each Kufa you need to enact laws that are relevant to keep law and order in the community it's one of the things that I find usually very irksome. Um, you know, when they talked about the Chuvin, actually, in my house a few weeks ago, there was an Israeli group, and the, and the presenter was telling it, and I didn't say anything because it's his show and I wasn't going to intervene. They say the, 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 the Jewish system of law is much better than the Goyish system. The answer is, as no Shaykhs, one to the other. There is way too much missing. In, 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 what, in halacha to be able to run a country. It's not meant for that. The, the halacha of Bezdin and all the dinim, which is quite a lot that Bezdin enacts, is the ability to bring a higher mishpat into this world. In other words, din shemayim. But to run a country, you need to have many, many more laws. And therefore, he says, the melech's job was to make the laws that are practical takanis needed for the preservation and, and due functioning of society. That's what the melech was. Th- that was very temporal. It, it was, it was shayach to this world. Bezdin brought in halachis of mania fata. Kaddish Baruch Hu is dan dinim. He allowed us to be dan samad dinim ki'ilu with din um, the, the, that's what the Ran says, Nosharan. Then he says, once we don't have a Melech, the, but the Dinim became de facto a Melech also, and it's their job to enact Takanis that makes society viable.
This this ran is in Drasha's Aran. The base Yosef Mechayshim Mishpat Shin Peiches brings the Tshuva Zarashba with a very very similar sort that the whole area of Harasha in, in in the broad sense of the word is what belongs to Melech and and Bimela, we we enact takanas and laws to make society functionable. A, a contemporary a contemporary application of this. Reb Chaim Oiza has a letter to Rav Herzog, where basically this was in, in 38, and the idea of the possibility of having a Medina was, was kind of theoretically on the horizon. I don't think anyone believed it would happen, but it, it was. And he asked Reb Chaim Oiza about running a country just on Torah, you know, running a country just with Mishpat Ivri, with, with just Torah law. And Reb Chaim Oiza writes, he brings down the the the, 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 the base. I think he quotes the Ran also, if I'm not mistaken, where he writes and he says, there, you know, he's, they're trying to balance secular law with religious law, and he said that we need to we need to understand that in many areas there is room for the secular law, but it should be done under auspices of best and so on. And he quotes this Ran and so on and so forth. So the Ran is the Ran is is the prototype for this. At some level, the truth of Rashba is very similar. That there is an Indian of Mishpat that is the day-to-day functioning. And the reason the Torah doesn't give it <coughs> is because it's a more... Um, it, it's a takana that depends time to time. It, it's, it's Each time is a very separate... Um, what's good, laws that are good for the year 2000, not good for 2050, and so on. Finally, I want to finish with a Joshua Saran on this week's Sedra, he asks, how come, how come Klai Yisrael dread so much? They told Paro, <coughs> they'll do X, they'll go out and, and, and sacrifice a little bit, and they'll do only three days. They told everybody just borrowing stuff from them. A lot, a lot of draying over here. Why? So he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha is way beyond what we understand. Had Ashkbaruch who told Pari, listen, we're leaving and that's it, and we're taking money, Pari would have said goodbye now at the end of it. Hashem wanted Paro and the Mitzvah to drive themselves into the Yam so that the Nekama of Ashazodu, whatever it is they wanted to do to was done to them. That's what he wanted to do. So had the had, had Mitzvah come at Max Bechoros and said, okay, that's it, you know, um, we're leaving for good, good riddance, and we're also taking all your money, they wouldn't have chased them. It's because there were so many misleading elements that they allowed themselves to do it. And the, all of it was Ashkacha, so that they would themselves wouldn't exact from themselves the punishment needed to be exacted. So the Ron writes, if that was true in Mitzrayim, how much more so today? The one thing we know for sure is that we have no idea how the ghoul is coming. And, you know, people who walk around trying to saying, yeah, this is this, this is this, they have all the pieces put into place, don't know what they're talking about, almost by definition. If you know what it is, then you don't. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Machshavis are way beyond anything. And he writes, if it was true by Mitzrayim where we had a Nevoah, and we knew what's coming, and still the Ashkoch outmaneuvered everybody. Allah has come today that um, 
we don't know, uh, we have no clue what it is, and who knows what Akash Baruch Hu's Hashkoch is. He writes this also in Joshua Ran. He mentions, he said, it's been a few years since this terrible death has struck in the world. He's talking about the Black Plague, which destroyed was machriv, a huge amount of, of, of Europe. It created a phenomenal backlash against the Jews. Some places in Spain, yes, some places not. And he, he says, you know, we see there's a Yad Hashem clearly in it, but basically what it is, we don't know. But, but, but it's, a, it's a very, very, you know, he, he writes about how this is, it's unnatural because in history there's never been something of such devastating effect so rapidly and so on. And yes, uh, looking back in history, this, this created a major change. Al-Kaponim, the Duran Ziyar site is Teshvat. And if anyone sits, if anyone learns, we, we use the Ran uh, almost daily, whether it's in, in the Ran or in the back of the Gemara. And, uh, you know, the little, even the little we know about it, but the little we know about him, but this, what he left us over was a Yam. And it's, um, it's become a Sefer that is a Hashlama to, to the, to the Bali Shita in the Gemara. It's the important Shitas on, on the Sugis Hashas. And for those who look at the Joshua the Joshua Ran, each and every Joshua of the Ran is a fundamental Yesoid or Yesoidis in Inyanu Vashkafe and in Deus. I wanted to add one more thing that fascinating thing uh, had to do much after the run, but associated. In 1935, it, well, let's go before that. The Tashbits, who was a, a Talmud of a Talmud of the run, writes that he once saw the run say for Torah that it was, um, it, 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 it had in it kufs that the foot of the kuf was attached to the roof. Halakhically, the way we have it in Shacharach, it's puzzle. The, um, the Gmars, it's, it's kuf and the hay, and the foot has to be detached. He saw it was Davuk, and he said that the Ran didn't answer him. That's what he has in Masoras from his Rebbe. Um, 1935, somebody in Tveria announced that he has that Sefer Torah, and it had a, um, it, it, first of all, it was Arukhoke Kefoy, which is interesting. It, it, it's at the Zalacha circumference, should the Chatchila be the same as its height? We don't have it like that now, Sevitoris. It's very difficult. You have to get the right size exactly. That Sevitoris has it. And the kufs, many of the kufs, the foot was attached to the top. And the three simon, and this was the Ran Sefer Torah. One simon is there was a little silver plate on it that said, it's the, it's the Sefer Torah belongs to Nisim Ben Ruven Migrana. actually said Migranada. Then on top of it, on top of the beginning of Sefer Torah, it says um, uh, some, something from the Ran's son that this is my father's Sefer Torah. And at the end, of the Sefer Torah, in the back of the Sefer Torah, there's a little there's a little story where the the Ran's son says about the terrible terrible Xeris that were in all these towns and and so on and so forth along Arichas. 
So, three simonim, and the kufs are attached to it, and it looked very, very old. It, um, somewhere along the line, it disappeared, and 50 years later, it resurfaced in Hebrew University, uncatalogued. But it was assumed that that was around Sefer Torah. People looked for other things also. And the place where it became very, very important, there was a big machlokas and others about the tzaddik. Um, what does the letter tzaddik look like? Two yuds same or two yuds facing each other? And um, the the um, the Sephardi had one ksav, and Chazish held its puzzle, mamish, and so on. There's a big machlokas on it. And this was a Sefer Torah that they looked to for proof how the run wrote. You know, you can't pass on run wrote and so on. Al Kaponim, the um, there slowly began to ro- rise some doubts on this Sefer Torah run. One of them was, first of all, the writing on the back of the Sefer Torah. So it's, it was not Kadeg Aksav. It's highly unusual. Um, even if it's Mutan, it's something that, that is not, uh, you don't find it. And the story itself had one word that was a modern word. Not fully modern. They had the word pro-i, pei-resh, which means wild. It's, it, it, that word, in the sense that it was used, was not used later. It didn't have any modern words, but that word wasn't used that way. Besides this, there were mis- there were spellings of Spanish cities and towns that were not the way they were, and one of them possibly a mistake. So that already roused suspicions that may not be the Ran Sefer Torah. The Makar Patish was um, sometime at the end of the, ni- of the last century, meaning the, the 1990s, I think it was, they did a carbon-14 dating on the parchment. Now, um, carbon 14 dating works for living material and um, it's a complex, it's not, you don't simply walk with a machine and you put the machine next to it and it fleshes out the year it was made. It's, it's a complicated, what they do is they have to isolate the carbon out of it, measure, it, it, it's, it's a statistic of, of how much radiation there is and so on and so forth, but they did it, they, they did it in the best lab in Israel, and the the um, what came out was that the great probability it, it certainly was not written before the 1400s. The great probability is between 1400s to 1500s, maybe, and a small probability a little bit afterwards. That's what the that's where the animal, the skinny animal, comes from. That pretty much um, laid to rest the claim that this could be the Rans Sefer Torah. They actually found two or three more items in, in the Hebrew University Library that had the same type of ziof, like an old cloth where you, it looks one way, but it tests another way. It, they seem to feel that it's probably one person who did them all, but it certainly is a fascinating, um, you know, knowing that, how, and that you have to be very, very careful when you find things to know a, that people didn't plant them. There's usually there's a big HR to plant it. It's also identifying these things is never easy. Um, you know, exact knowing exactly. And this, this in some ways was too good to be true. It had three identifications on it. That usually is, is, is three times as many as you normally get. That's not, you know, it's very, very unusual. But Al Capone, it's just a fascinating footnote to the whole story with Iran. Just the one to the. Okay. Mm-hmm.